Hey guys. Since the Greek sophists, philosophers have poured over social contract theory. They wanted to find the answer to this question, what are the rights and the duties of rulers and those they rule? In the 17th and 18th centuries, English philosophers expanded on this theory, evaluating the importance of individualism, rational consent, and the state of nature. Naturally, a few competing theories arose during the Enlightenment, but all addressed the reconciliation between individual freedoms and state authority. Hobbes believed that there's no inherent morality in the state of nature. The brutish state of nature can be alleviated and controlled to some small degree by individuals giving up their liberties to a sovereign who has absolute power, but under the sole condition that the lives of the people are safeguarded. Rousseau held that a ruling class with absolute power and a propertyless populace would lead to a disenfranchised, impoverished class. He proposed an alternative to the dystopian Hobbesian society. Individuals, because they are innocent in their natural state, should enjoy the protection of the state while remaining as free as they would be in their state of nature. After all, he posited that people left an anarchic state of nature by voluntarily abdicating personal liberties to the broader community in exchange for security. Therefore, people should surrender themselves wholly to this society, which embodies a new entity representing shared public needs. He called this the general will and thought the government must be based on and must serve the general will. Locke believed that humans do have some sort of inherent natural morality, but the government is necessary to protect the person and property of those that form any given society. He thought the government should be a neutral judge acting in the interest of individual liberties. He is specific about the nature of illegitimate civil government and the conditions under which rebellion is appropriate and legitimate. A legitimate civil government attempts to preserve the life, health, liberty, and property of its subjects so long this is compatible with the good of the people. If the government is able to achieve the security, it has rightfully earned obedience. An illegitimate civil government seeks to use its institutions and bureaucracies to violate the natural rights of its subjects. This government does not deserve the obedience of its subjects and puts itself to war with its own people. Both Rousseau and Locke believed that the social contract was a give and take. There were clear-cut responsibilities and obligations for both parties. There must be equal incentives, lest society slip into tyranny or anarchy. Political order is a human creation and only legitimate insofar as it safeguards its citizenry. Even Hobbes, despite his absolutism, conceded that the people are under no obligation to submit to a government that cannot suppress civil unrest or prevent the fragmentation of the state. Social contract theorists seem to agree. When the government fails to protect the best interests of its people, citizens can and should withdraw their correlating obligation and commitment to obey the government. These philosophers also agree that in such an instance, the people should forcibly change leadership, break unjust laws freely, and, if necessary, resort to violence. I read this story a few weeks ago. Girl, 17, was sexually assaulted three times in one hour in East London. Met releases images in appeal for information after girl attacked by up to five suspects as she made her way home after night out. A 17-year-old girl was sexually assaulted on three separate occasions in one hour in East London by up to five suspects, police have said. Of course, The Guardian only calls two of the suspects bearded men, although it's quite obvious that at least two of them are Muslim, although I would bet my life savings that every single perpetrator involved in this is. I read stories of Muslims raping native white women in Western Europe every single day. We all know that Sweden has the highest rate of rape in Europe because of Muslim migration. And I read stories of rape and pedophilia involving Muslim men all the time as well. Just a few weeks ago, a 28-year-old Muslim man, which of course the Independent fails to mention, avoided rape charges because the 11-year-old involved was deemed to have consented. And let's not forget about the giant pedophilia ring involving 1,400 white British girls being sexually enslaved by disgusting old Pakistani men. 
This one involved well over a decade of police complicity. And if the general public knew how many high-ranking individuals and institutions knew about this but refused to blow the whistle for fear of being called racist, I don't think that they would be able to sleep at night. Western institutions have actively protected the most vile kind of criminal, child rapists. If you're a young girl that's been raped by a Muslim and you see that the people that should be protecting you are claiming that similar rapes were the result of consensual sex, why would you go to the police? And if you're a Muslim rapist, wouldn't you feel emboldened to rape French children? It isn't just that these institutions are no longer protecting their people. They are actively abdicating their duties in favor of the protection of degenerate, savage, foreign invaders. Instead of prosecuting these criminals, the institutions are turning on the populace and are using their scarce resources to try to silence rather than to do their jobs. Protect us from property and personal crimes or solve these crimes. Everything else detracts from your singular duty to keep your own people safe. This is from RT. A staggering rise in online hate crime as people are attacked over Twitter, Facebook, and other social media sites has led to a gigantic leap in arrests in Britain. British police are arresting nine people per day for attacks on the internet as they attempt to clamp down on hate speech online. In some areas, this is up almost 900% from 2014. Last year, more than 3,300 people were detained and questioned, according to the Times. Goodfellow, who was a YouTuber of the anti-feminist thread, was arrested for hate speech in Scotland earlier in the month. Count Dankula has been dealing with his legal proceedings for months and months now for his infamous Nazi pug joke sketch. The police will actively come and find you for saying offensive things on the internet, but if you are Muslim, you can literally rape children with minimal consequences. For those of us who are not in this situation, and I'm certain that some of my subscribers are because they've told me, let's try on a little hypothetical situation. You live in a formerly quiet, white, safe English village. Your family has been there for generations. Your kids are growing up there, and you haven't really had any violent crime there in your whole life. Then Muslims start to pour in. You can't go out at night anymore because women and girls ages 7 to 70 are being beaten and raped. Muslim men yell at you and call you a whore in broad daylight while you're just trying to get some shopping done. They commit petty theft now and they're starting to break into homes. You call the police, but they say they can't do anything about it. They're too focused on online hate speech and acts of Islamophobia to even investigate. They have never dealt with anything like this because before the Muslim invasion, the town was safe and homogenous. So the police do not have the basic training for this. They also don't want the populace to know how poorly equipped they are to deal with violent crime, so they create a diversion and blatantly lie about the magnitude of the problem. Diversity is their diversion. They go on Twitter to paint their nails for slavery, to wear heels for domestic violence, to tell people that online hate speech is illegal and will be punished, and to try to create the picture that Muslims are the actual victims. And as if that isn't bad enough, their diversity initiative has polluted the police department. Outside of the pussy beta males wearing high heels and nail polish in the force, their Twitter header tells us everything that we need to know. Three chicks, pick your race, a black dude, a beta male, and Mr. Ethnically Ambiguous Probable Muslim tucked into the right corner over there. With all of this information, how on earth could you ever trust your local police? And you know they're acting at the behest of not just the local government, but the state and the EU. At this point in time, I do not see how any reasonable Western European outside of Poland and Hungary could believe that his best hope for protection is the state, not the individual. The police and government have clearly abdicated their basic responsibilities. And worse, these institutions have been infiltrated and are actively compromising the best interests of the people. I know that the English tend to be law-abiding citizens. Their rebellious kin fled to America. But I firmly believe that your most buttoned-up Englishmen, or even your most buttoned-up German, for that matter, would feel differently in the event that someone in their family was endangered or hurt. 
Until then, the action or inaction of the government and the police remains relatively theoretical. But as that threat grows more tangible to your average citizen, they become increasingly autonomous and less likely to be controlled. It is clear that immigration in Western Europe is worsening and that crime will continue to skyrocket in tandem with the surge of Muslims. The citizenry is like frogs in a boiling pot of water. As the theory of immigration begins to collide with their negative personal experience and as Muslims commit crimes against these folks' friends and neighbors, they will become increasingly aware and increasingly hostile. And as police continue to gaslight the population and refuse to protect them, it will also become more and more obvious that self-protection, irrespective of the illegality of acquisition, will be essential to prevent Muslim crime on an individual basis. Brits really don't want this. They especially have a distaste for guns, even within the ranks of the police. So for your average law-abiding citizen, the only method of improvement that they'll entertain until, of course, things get really, really bad is police reform. Unfortunately, this is not a feasible solution, especially in the short term. The migrant problem and the violence that Muslims always display in their home and host countries is already here. You're already at risk and your police force already cannot, and more importantly, will not protect you against your greatest day-to-day -day threat. Think about what it would require for the police to change. First of all, the attitude of the police, which is to uphold diversity above personal safety, is pervasive and not specific to any UK or Western institution for that matter. You wouldn't just have to take on the police. Yet that shouldn't be discouraging. I was so hopeful about Brexit, but as I see the layers of bureaucracy mask the stated democratic will of the people, I can't help but recognize the importance of self-protection and self-reliance right now. But that also means tight-knit communities that know each other well and are watching out for one another. The fear of being arrested for saying something offensive or for having a household item that could somehow be used as a weapon should not outweigh the deeper, more real survivalist fear that bodily harm could come to you or your loved ones. The fact that it even does is a testament to the depths of indoctrination. I get so exhausted with Europeans who know what is going on but say that their hands are tied because of the laws. There are aspects of the law that the police and the government are using to erode your sense of personal safety in the name of diversity. And it has gotten so bad that I am truly amazed that there are not vigilante groups protecting all of these towns and cities already. That being said, there are dangers to rejecting the social contract that you once agreed to. Muslims and other high crime groups will take full advantage of the civil unrest. But I would argue that it doesn't really matter that much because they were already lawless and have no respect for Western institutions, particularly the police. Is this how you're gonna control this crowd? Stay back! Oh, shut your mouth. Shit, fucking freak. Then there are the dangers of vigilante justice. And a great example of this out of America is the story of Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman. Trayvon was probably out casing houses, but because of Zimmerman's vigilantism, a life or death situation was forced when Trayvon would probably have ended up incarcerated eventually anyway. There's a greater propensity for escalation because your average citizen has no protocol for dealing with criminals. There's also the broader danger that the complete rejection of the establishment will lend to a disorganized mob-like uprising like the French Revolution. Your average revolutionary was illiterate and couldn't meet their basic needs. Ours would be a revolt of the educated middle class. I mentioned earlier the overwhelming task of reforming the institutions. There is a silver lining to this. The institutions themselves are fine. They've just been infiltrated with the Marxists that are compromising the interests of the populace. If there was an institutional revolution, professors, bankers, politicians of Marxist leaning expelled and replaced with classical liberals, immediately things would start to improve. Within just four years, a new group of free-thinking young adults would be released into society, and they wouldn't have to fight against a huge number of existing laws. 
Most of the multicultural changes are a result of social conditioning and are not written in the law. In many of the countries that I've discussed, if existing law was simply upheld, there would be something that looks like a self-correction. But there would have to be an understanding that as a society, some unjust laws are going to be broken. There is safety and strength in numbers. If a very large number of people decided to acquire self-defense weapons, the government would be powerless to prosecute them all. We can expect that this act of civil disobedience will be rejected by much of the left. But I do not believe that your average European will virtue signal to the point of martyrdom. But some will. Take this Norwegian politician who was anally raped in his home by a Somali Muslim. A Norwegian politician has spoken of how he felt guilty that the Somali asylum seeker who raped him was deported. Karsten Nordahl Haken was raped in his home and the perpetrator was subsequently caught and jailed for 4.5 years. However, when Nordahl Haken found out that the man was to be deported back to Somalia after serving his time, he reveals he felt guilt that the man would possibly face hardship in his old country. He said, I felt relief and happiness that he would be gone forever. I felt like the Norwegian state had taken responsibility to carry out the ultimate revenge, like an angry father confronting its child's attacker. But I also had a strong feeling of guilt and responsibility. I was the reason that he would not be in Norway anymore, but rather sent to a dark, uncertain future in Somalia. He adds, I see him mostly like a product of an unfair world, a product of an upbringing marked by war and despair. The natural response for anyone in the situation would be to view Muslims and immigrants in a much more negative light and to be filled with murderous rage. Not to try to understand and sympathize with your attacker or to blame yourself so that people know for sure that you aren't racist. You're so not racist that you'll take a raping for the team. Westerners are law-abiding citizens and need laws. I'm not advocating for lawlessness. I'm saying, like so many philosophers and social contract theorists, that there is an even higher law than that which is written, and that is upholding the safety of the native population. There is nothing more important, and if a law compromises it, the law is unjust and should be rejected. Before anyone mischaracterizes what I say by claiming that I'm advocating for anarchy and vigilantism, I want to point out that this is not some far-off theory. This is our immediate future solely because Western institutions have failed to uphold their end of the social contract. And this is the present for Catalonia. Instead of becoming this one-world utopia that leftists so desperately cling to, humans factionalize, as we've seen time and time again throughout history. Let me know what you think in the comment section. Have things reached the point in Europe where it is not only justified, but necessary for individuals to knowingly break the laws in order to protect their own countrymen? Thank you so much for watching. I just want to give a big shout out to my patrons and all the folks that have donated recently. I was able to get an amazing new desktop that I'm setting up so it'll be much easier to edit and release my videos. And I really appreciate this. I can't thank you enough. I'll see you next week. Bye.